0: So, this morning felt a little bit like winter, huh? Right? That storm went through yesterday, and I think here in our area, the temperature dropped about 20 degrees in maybe 10, 15 minutes, right? So, um, so it's nice to be in a warm place today. You know, if you're a little cold, you know, just, um, you know, put the sweater on. Anybody cold in here this morning? I don't know. I got a sweater on. I'm hot. So, praise the Lord. Um, if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Joshua once again, Joshua 14. And we're continuing our series of messages entitled Stepping Into Your New Day, Stepping Into Your New Day. And as we've been looking into the book of Joshua and talking about stepping into our new day, we've seen that it has never been God's intent for us to live our lives just wandering in the desert of this world, living our lives just walking in circles. But rather, God has for each of us a land that is a place of purpose, fruitfulness and blessing. And he he wants us to know the abundant life and the spirit filled life and to live out the good works that he has planned for us. He's promised to lead us into a new day wherein we might be able to truly say that, yes, old things have passed away and all things have become. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. You know, he's a God of newness, amen, newness of life for his people. And today we come to Joshua 14 and the story of of Caleb receiving his part of the promised land, Caleb stepping into his new day. If you don't know who Caleb is, you'll find out in just a moment. But we're in Joshua chapter 14, beginning with verse number six. And the Bible says that then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, The Kenizzite said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word, word again, as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord, my God. And Moses swore in that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these forty five years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day eighty five years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. Oh, I hope that's me someday. For my strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out, just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Jephunneh the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, the name of Hebron formerly was Cariath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim and the land had rest from war. Numbers 14, 24 says this. Numbers fourteen twenty four says this. This is the Lord speaking. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Notice, because Caleb my servant, Caleb, has a different spirit. And today we're talking about stepping into your new day with a different spirit. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you for your word this morning and the lessons that we learn from it, knowing that your word is active and alive today and is yet able to speak to our hearts. I pray that you would bless the hearing, the preaching of your word as we as we submit it to to your covering this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Caleb, a man with a different spirit. What a striking phrase, huh? What an incredible description. But it tells us that Caleb was not like the rest of the men of his day. Caleb stood out from among them, not because of his good looks. Maybe he was good looking. I don't know. Not because of his athletic ability or his business savvy. Caleb was different, not because of what he had achieved, but because of who he was. That is because he had a different spirit. That is a different disposition, a different way of thinking, a different kind of heart. I want to propose to us this morning that today our world, the church, our families and so on need men and women like Caleb, people who will stand out from the crowd People who will be different from the rest, not because of what they have achieved, not because of some great or momentous feat, not because they have the look or the ability, but because they are of a different spirit. We might say this morning, even that God today is looking for those who are of a different spirit. Those who will be Caleb's in this generation at this time in this moment in history. God is looking for those who will step into the new day that he has for them with a different kind of disposition, a different way of thinking, a different kind of heart. Now, we, we know Caleb's story, really, from Numbers chapters 13 and 14. And there we read of Moses sending 12 spies into the land. And the spies come back. And they tell of the beauty and the blessing of the promised land. But ten of them breed fear into the people by also describing the people there as too powerful for them. Oh, there's no way in the world that we'll ever be able to defeat them. And at that time, Caleb spoke up and he says, no, we should go and take possession of the land. We can certainly do it. But the people were afraid. In fact, they even began to grumble and say, no, we want to go back to Egypt. And out of the 12 spies, you see, only Joshua and Caleb had enough faith and courage to try to inspire the people to keep on moving on, to move ahead, to step into their new day. In fact, they said this, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord, Yahweh, is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the people wouldn't listen. The people wouldn't listen. And the result was, well, first of all, the ten spies were struck down by God with a plague. And for the next 40 years, the Israelites would wander through the wilderness until that whole generation died off. All except for Joshua and Caleb. And for his faith and his faithfulness, God gave Caleb a promise. Caleb was promised that one day he would enter the promised land along with his children, probably also his great his his grandchildren and great grandchildren. And he was promised that he would be given every piece of the land that he had set his feet on. And now here we are, 45 years later. At 85 years old, can you imagine? Caleb comes to Joshua to claim the promises of God for himself and his family. And we might ask this morning, well, what was it about Caleb that made him so different? What was it about Caleb that made him the kind of man that God could bless? Why does the Bible say that Caleb had a different spirit? And I see three things in Caleb that speaks to that. The first is this. Caleb had a heart that was fully, wholly dedicated to God. He had a heart that was fully dedicated to God. We read in Joshua 14, 14 that Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. You see, Caleb took to heart the command that said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Caleb, we could say, was a man who was sold out to God. God wasn't just a piece of his life. God wasn't some side issue in his, li- in his life. Caleb didn't compartmentalize his life. He didn't have a family life, a work life, a recreational life, and then a spiritual life. For Caleb, all was one. His relationship with God affected everything he did In his home, he followed God. On the job, he followed God. When he was going golfing or fishing, he followed God. I don't know if they did that then. But when he went to spy out the land, he followed God. That word wholeheartedly or holy in some translation, it means to be full or filled to overflowing. Filled to overflowing. We could say that Caleb was so dedicated to God that his life was filled with God, even overflowing with God. That is everything he did, every thought that he thought, every action and attitude was filled with God. His life, his words, his deeds were overflowing with God. His life was centered on the God whom he served. And thus, as Caleb spied out the land, he was thinking about God, what God could do, what God would want. As he brought back the report to the nation, he sought to give a report that was based on God's promises, not on what he saw, but on what God had said. For Caleb, you see, God was was in all and was all. For Caleb, there was no question as to whether or not they should enter the land. For Caleb's goal was to wholeheartedly follow God. And thus, if God said go, even in the face of giants, if God said go, then he was going to go. Let me ask us this morning. Could it be that there are too many people in our churches today who are only half-heartedly following God? You don't have to raise your hand, you know. Oh, they've asked Jesus, you know, they've asked Jesus to forgive them of their sin, to come into their life. Many come to church, and maybe they even serve in some way. But their commitment to God pretty much ends there. Maybe too many people today have God as merely a part of their life. Much of their life is lived as if God doesn't exist. If you take a close look at their lives, you find that God has little impact on their jobs, on their careers, on the way they run their business. He has little impact on their home life or on their recreational choices. Their relationship with God makes little impact on how they spend their money, on what they do with their free time, on how they treat the people around them. You see, to have a different spirit is to be wholehearted in one's devotion to God. It's to make our relationship with God through Christ the very center of our lives so that everything else revolves around him. For those who have a different spirit, God is not just a part of their life, relegated maybe to Sunday morning or to the fringes of our life, but but he's at the very heart of one's life and one's being, the very center of, of all things. Let me ask you this morning, what part does God play? and, and your relationship, what part does your relationship with Christ play in your life? Is he on the fringes? Is he maybe even pushed outside the circle of your life? Or is he in the very center where he belongs? Can it be said of you that you are wholehearted in your devotion to God? Do you have a different spirit? It's a question we all need to ask ourselves. The second thing I see about Caleb was that Caleb had eyes that could see what others could not see. We could say Caleb had vision. Caleb could see what God saw. Caleb had spiritual eyes. For as Caleb walked through the land of Canaan, as he spied out the land, he he saw all the same things that the others saw. He saw the lush fields and the dense forests. He saw the orchards filled with fruit and the hillsides on which the sheep grazed. And he saw the fortified cities and the strong people who live within them. He, too, saw the giants that lived in the land. Caleb saw exactly what all the others saw. And yet Caleb saw something more. He saw something more. He saw beyond what was to what could be. He saw his people marching into the land and the fortified walls crumbling. He saw giants falling and and the people of the land fleeing. He saw the building of new cities and the planting of new farms. He saw Israelite children playing in the streets in the new land. He saw Israelite men and women working the land. He saw Yahweh being worshipped in that land. Caleb saw beyond what was to that which God promised would be. Caleb had spiritual eyes. For when others saw defeat, Caleb saw victory. When others saw death and destruction, Caleb saw life and blessing. When others were getting ready to run away, Caleb was ready to run toward the battle, for he could see the hand of God at work. Can someone say amen this morning? Come on, Caleb was a man who had vision, spiritual vision, vision for his people, vision for his family, vision for the life that God had called him to, the life that God had promised him. Caleb could see what others could not see. You know, Helen Keller once said these words, Worse than being blind would be to be able to see but not have any vision. One of the marks of anyone who does anything great is the ability to dream, the ability to live life filled with vision. Without dreams and visions, our our lives lack the inspiration necessary to do anything beyond the norm, the daily routine. Without vision, our lives come to a standstill, and we end up wandering in circles just as did the nation of Israel. But lest we get sidetracked this morning, we need to understand that as we look at the text here this morning, we're not talking about mere human vision so that we can start a business or write a vision statement for our business, for our church, for our lives, or maybe write out a one year or five year or 10 year plan. And all those things might be good. But that's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about spiritual vision. spiritual eyes, That we can see what God is doing that causes us to see the world around us and the people around us from a spiritual perspective, from a godly perspective, that causes us to trust God with a fullness of faith that's above and beyond what's natural to our human understanding. And there are so many people today, I I, I tend to think, that even inside the church, who are lacking spiritual vision. The spiritual eyes, their spiritual eyes have been blinded. And so they tend to see our world, the people around them, even their own lives, the circumstances of their lives from merely a natural and physical perspective. In fact, I tend to think that each of us, myself included, is guilty of living by what we see rather than by what we know in God can be. For we all tend to live according to our natural, physical sight rather than the eyes of faith that can see into the supernatural, that can see our God-given possibilities. See, those who are of a different spirit are those who can see what others cannot see. And like Elisha, uh, you know, like Elisha, although the armies of the enemy are there physically, he sees beyond those armies and can see the armies of heaven surrounding. Spiritualized, or like we... We we even heard earlier, and we were praying a couple Wednesday nights ago, praying that that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened by the Holy Spirit. How many of us say, I need the eyes of my heart enlightened, that I might begin to understand spiritual realities? What's happening in my life, in my world, from from a spiritual perspective? The Apostle Paul said, we see no man according to the flesh, not in a carnal human way of thinking. We see every man in a spiritual way as God sees them. We need people today that when others are giving a negative report, oh, look at our world and look what's happening, you know, and, you know, we're just being beat down, but they, rather than bring a negative report, they can see in the midst of all those things the hand of God moving and blessing and bringing about something significant. Let me ask you, do you have that kind of vision? Are you able to see with spiritual eyes? Are you of a different spirit? And finally this morning, Caleb, we could say he had a different spirit because he had a spirit that would not give up. Would not give up. Caleb, we could say he had stamina, did he not? Stamina, but we would say spiritual stamina. Again, in in, in Joshua 14, verses, verses 10 and 10 through 12, he says, listen, the the Lord has kept me alive. And just as he said, these 45 years since the time the Lord spoke his word to me. And I've been wandering in the wilderness all this time. And I'm just paraphrasing. But here I am now at 85 years old. And I want what that which God has promised me. I mean, can you imagine poor Caleb? I mean, Caleb was ready to go into the land 45 years earlier. And now he's stuck wandering the desert because of everyone else. And yet he continued to believe and trust that one day the promise would be his. Think of the spiritual stamina required of Caleb. for when others were giving their negative report, Caleb continued to believe God he continued to hold on in faith to the promises of God, to trust God, to fulfill his word. Through 40 years of wandering in the desert, a faith that he himself did not deserve, Caleb continued to believe that someday he would enter the promised land and take hold of that which God had spoken to him years earlier. And now at 85 years old, nearing the end of his life, Caleb believed that he could take hold of that which God God had, had spoken to his heart. You see, there in front of Caleb stood the hill country, even a mountain. And how many of us know mountains are not easy to conquer? It's easier to descend than ascend, especially if you're trying to conquer that mountain. And yet, 85 years old, Caleb was not looking to take the easy route. He was not looking to have something just given to him, but he was willing to go and to conquer that which he believed God had called him to conquer. Others would have given up a long time ago. Others would have said, God, this isn't fair. I'm just out in this desert wandering around with these people. They've got negative attitudes and they're never going to make it in. And he's watching them die off one by one by one by one. You know, all, all of his friends, all of his, like, his whole generation is dying off. Only Joshua's left. And yet, Caleb, 85 years old, he's still believing that God could accomplish something through his life. He still is believing in the promises of God. He still, he continues to live by faith. Oh, I want to remind us this morning that the Christian life requires great stamina. Do you know that? Come on, it requires great stamina. You've heard it before that this life of faith is is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Some people, they get up from the altar and they want to go sprint out and then they kind of fall on their face. This is a marathon where we keep running and running and running And if you and I are to see the promises of God fulfilled in our lives, like that marathon runner, we need to keep running and running. We need to persevere. That's why the writer to the Hebrews wrote in Hebrews 12, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Or in Hebrews 10, the writer says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. But you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Oh, listen, church, as we seek to live out the new life that God has for us, as we seek to live in our new day. As we seek to live our lives according to the newness of life that God brings to us, we will need perseverance, perseverance through the times when people are saying, what good is your faith? Where is your God? Look around you. Why believe? Don't you see the giants in the land? Don't you see all the stuff that's happening? We will need perseverance when the circumstances of life seem to be leading away from the fulfillment of the vision rather than towards it in the midst of illness, facing sudden loss and more. We will need to persevere through times of attack as we face face enemies that will want to stop us in our tracks we will need to persevere as we climb up the mountains of life the obstacles that stand in our way if we're to receive all that god has for us we will need to persevere in our faith for after all the situations and circumstances of life will always speak against our faith they will always tear at our faith but we are those who walk by faith and not by sight we are those of a different spirit and thus we hold on to our faith, no matter what comes our way. Oh, come on, church. That's why the writer to the Hebrews again, he says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now say amen to that, please. But do you have that kind of spirit, a persevering spirit within you that when others are ready to give up and maybe you're turning away, but you continue to run the race? When life is throwing its curveballs at you and the mountains are popping up and you're just getting tired and you don't know how you're going to make it through and you, maybe you do begin to question, like, where is God? God, what's going on? But there's something within you. That persevering spirit within you. Ronnie, I just appreciate you so much. All you're going through, all you've been through. And you're persevering in your faith. I know you are. You have a different kind of spirit. Oh, do we have that kind of spirit, church? That no matter what comes our way, we're going to keep on believing. We're going to keep on trusting. We're going to keep on holding on to the promises of God. Listen, we might become 85 years old. We might be 90 years old. We might die before we see some things take place. But yet we die Believing that God is in control of all things. And the promises of God, they are still yes and amen in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Do you have that kind of spirit? Luciano, if you come, please. You know, eventually Joshua gave Caleb the go-ahead. And Caleb went on to fulfill his dream, to conquer the land, to receive his inheritance, to receive the fulfillment of the promises that God made to him. He, he, he finally, 85 years old, he steps into his new day. For Caleb, you see, old things had passed away. No more wandering in the desert. All things were becoming new. How? Why? Because Caleb had a different spirit, a different disposition, a different way of thinking, a different kind of heart. Oh, let me ask you, can that be said of you? Do you have that kind of spirit? A different kind of spirit? That which is distinct from from the rest of the people around you? Oh, I believe with all my heart that God wants to give us the go-ahead. He wants to give you the go ahead. He wants to help us live our lives fulfilling the purposes for which we've been created and saved. He wants us to experience the abundant life and the spirit-filled life, a life of purpose and fruitfulness and blessing. But to succeed in what God has called us to, to receive all that God has for us, we will need a different kind of spirit. A spirit different from the world around us. A spirit different even than maybe most people around us. Because let me tell you what, in the church, even in the church, there'll be a lot of people who will come with a negative report. A lot of people who will tear us and say, it can't be done. You'll never make it. Not here, of course. Like Caleb, we will need hearts that are fully dedicated to God. That we will not allow God to become like a sidekick in our lives. That He's not just an extra, He's not just like dessert if we have a little bit of room left. But God becomes our very life, the center of our life. Please come on, just picture your life as a circle. Some of us here today, maybe God is outside the circle of your life. You've never put your faith in him. You've never given your life to trusting him. He's calling you today. He's calling you today. Saying, listen, you invite me into the center of your heart, into the center of your life. I'm going to come. I'm going to make all things new. I'm going to forgive you of every sin. I'm going to give to you hope that you've never known before. I'm going to begin to work in your life to, to turn things around so that, yeah, old things begin to pass away. All that stuff you've been dealing with all these years, the stuff you know, it, it, it shouldn't be there. You can't even stand it anymore. But I'm going to, all those things are going to be washed away, wiped away. I'm going to make all things new. Come on, if God is outside the circle of your life, whether you're here in this sanctuary or online with us today, I want to encourage you, you begin to invite Him into your life. But maybe for some of us, we've prayed that prayer, Jesus, come into my life. But we've kept God at the fringes. And then we wonder why. I feel like we don't really know Him. We don't see His hand at work. Sometimes we feel like He's far off. We're not experiencing that newness of life that God has for us. is think God, God he works in the lives of those who put him right in the center that's the call when Jesus said follow me he's saying put me in the center put me in the center Like Caleb, we need hearts that are fully dedicated to God, that know what it means to love God with all our hearts, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength. And like Caleb, we will need spiritual eyes, eyes of faith, eyes that can see what others cannot see, eyes that see and understand according to spiritual realities. We see and understand according to his word, even when it doesn't make sense on, on the outside in a physical way, but we see the spiritual realities that are before us. Like Caleb, we will need a spirit that will not give up, but will instead persevere as we hold on to our faith and believe that God will fulfill every promise he's ever made to his people, whether it's here on this earth or on into eternity. But we, we persevere. Understand, We're running a marathon, church. and Someday we're going to cross that finish line and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful runner, servant. We're running a marathon, and so we persevere in our faith. I believe today God is calling for men and women, young people, old people. Maybe you're 12 years old. Maybe you're 85 or 90 years old and somewhere in between. But he's calling for people who will say, listen, God, I refuse to live my life like the people around me, like the rest of the world. I refuse to live my life just wandering in circles. I refuse to live my life the way I I lived in the past. But God, I'm ready to move forward with you, ready to step into the land, ready to step into a new day, the new day that I know you have for me. For I'm ready to live out the life you've called me to live. I'm tired of living life the way I've been living it. I'm ready to live my life according to faith and according to 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 all that you've called me to with Jesus at the center of all things. And so today I just open up my life to the Holy Spirit to work in me in such a way so as to renew my mind, to reset my heart and to give to me a different spirit. Oh, how many of us want to make that our prayer today? Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Worship team, would you come? And I'm just going to lead us in prayer for a moment. And then here's what we're going to do. I just saw a lot of hands go up. But I think this morning, I think this morning we need to take a moment to dedicate ourselves, to consecrate ourselves to God as we say, God, I want to be a Caleb in this generation. How many of us say, I want to be a Caleb to my world today? Amen. Come on, church. How many of us would say, I want to be a Caleb to my family? I want to be a Caleb to my church. I want to be a Caleb in my workplace. I want to be a Caleb to my community. Oh, Father, you see our hearts today. God, you know where we struggle. I pray maybe for that person today here in the sanctuary, maybe online, who who, who has kept you outside of the circle of their life. But today, as they invite you in, I pray that by your Holy Spirit you would minister to them that truly old things would begin to pass away. All things would become new for them today that they would experience the forgiveness of sin, the hope of salvation, the newness of life that you have. And for each one of us here today, God, I pray that for those of us who know we have pushed you to the fringes of our lives, but God, today we say, come back center. Jesus, come back center. Holy Spirit, help us that we might live our lives with a different kind of spirit and be Caleb's to our world today. Hallelujah. When the worship team is going to lead us in that song, it says, Jesus at the center of it all. And as they lead us, if you say today, I want to be a Caleb in this hour, in this moment, to my family, in this church, in my workplace, in my community, to my world. If you say, I'm willing to be a Caleb, a man or a woman, a young person with a different spirit, I'm going to ask you to come and stand at this altar. And with one voice, we're going to say, Jesus, be the center, Jesus at the center. And we're going to lift our our, our hearts and our voices in prayer. Come on, will you come as we sing it together? Jesus at the center of it all. When you come, if that's your prayer today.
1: Jesus at the center of it all.
0: From beginning to the end, it will always be. It's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters. the center everything revolves around you oh jesus you jesus be the center of my life jesus be the center of my life make your prayer jesus be the center of my life beginning to the end it will always be it's always been you jesus Jesus. will you lift your hands